Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. In Memphis, in 1875, Frances Britton and her daughter Margaret, both members of the Johnstone family who built this chapel that we sit and worship in today, were visiting the Harris family. And the Britons were not the Harris's only guests that evening, for the Harris's were also entertaining an Episcopal priest of all people. They must have lost a bet or something. <laughs> a Reverend Charles Carroll Parsons. Father Parsons was new in town, recently called to be the rector of St. Lazarus Episcopal Church. And all kidding aside about my vocation, he was well respected by his colleagues and friends and had served honorably in the recent Civil War. But, but Father Parsons' service was with the Union Army. And upon learning this detail, Margaret Britton refused to come downstairs to meet him. Margaret's mother, Frances, insisted, appealing to her good manners. And Margaret eventually relented and join the party. And the rest, as they say, is history. These are Margaret Britton's words. I came down after Mother insisted. I did it out of respect for Auntie and Dr. Harris. Mr. Parsons was standing at the foot of the stairs talking to Dr. Harris. And when he looked up and I saw his face, I knew I was lost to him. He had the most beautiful smile I have ever seen. Margaret and Charles Parson were married on January 18, 1877. And the story does not end here. In 1878, yellow fever hit Memphis harder than it ever had before. Some historians categorize the epidemic that year as the worst catastrophe to befall an American city. 17,000 cases of yellow fever were reported in Memphis in 1878, and over 5,000 people died. And when the first cases of the fever were reported, many Memphians who had the opportunity to go elsewhere left the city, including the young Parsons family. Margaret and their daughter, their little daughter Fanny, returned here to Madison. But Charles, being a good soldier and loyal to his parishioners, remained at his post. And Charles was not alone. A group of nuns, the Order of St. Mary, who had come to Memphis several years before to start a school and an orphanage, had also remained to nurse the sick, feed the hungry, and mourn the dead. And the leader of this group was a nun named Constance. These nuns, Constance and her companions, because of their brave service during this terrible outbreak, have become known as the Martyrs of Memphis. And the Episcopal Church honors them with their very own feast day every year. And because of the connection between the chapel and Reverend Parsons, one of those companions, the Chapel of the Cross remembers that feast every year on a Sunday morning. 
And unfortunately, our remembrance is not without sadness. For Charles became one of those martyrs, succumbing to the disease on September 6, 1878. Sacrifice is not a universal experience in 2015. Some of us have served in the military and your sacrifice and your family's sacrifice and your colleague's sacrifice are great and laudable beyond my feeble words. And some of us have sacrificed in other ways, too numerable to mention, for the sake of family, to do what is right, or because you feel God is calling you to a particular mission in the world. Mothers sacrifice in ways that us bumbling fathers may choose not to realize. And other of others of us, but, but others of us, have not had to sacrifice much. I must confess that in my life, I've enjoyed good fortune and blissful obliviousness not to be called upon to sacrifice. Perhaps I am lucky. And perhaps my time will come. Jesus, in today's gospel, uses an agrarian image to make his point. Jesus speaks about seeds and the scientific fact that a seed, in order to germinate, must detach from its mother, from its plant that created it, fall to the ground to become a new plant and therefore bear much fruit. So it must essentially die in order to rise to new life. And this image is a microcosm of the creation itself. For before the universe was created, God was doing just fine. Thank you very much. God did not need to create anything. God just was and is. But our God was full of love. And out of that abundant, inexhaustible love, God carved out a space, and in that space made a universe, and filled it with stars and planets and this earth, and eventually us, made in the image of God. And God saw what God has made and said that it is good. And God was so in love with God's creation and God wanted to show this creation how much God loved it and in the best way possible, God sent the Son to become incarnate and live among us. And after a fruitful ministry full of love and truth, Jesus taught us about sacrifice. And that sacrifice gave rise to new life in the glory of Easter morning. So as Easter people, folks who walk with the risen Christ on the good earth made by our loving God, we too are called to sacrifice. Our sacrifice may be large or it may be small. Our sacrifice might be easy or it might be quite difficult. Our sacrifice may be obvious, or it may be only known in our own heart. Our sacrifice may be temporary, or our sacrifice may last 
for all of our days. But all of us, like our Creator God, are called to carve out a space in our life and in that space bear much fruit. What our fruit, what the product of our sacrifice will look like, I do not know. Our gifts towards the work of God are as diverse and as unique as we are. But when we prayerfully consider all that we have been given, when we enter into a discipline of discerning how God is calling us, when we answer that call and make the sacrifice necessary to accomplish the task before us, and when our work does bear its fruit, then we cease to be mere passengers on this piece of the creation, but partners in the very act of creation. One of my favorite benedictions is a quote from St. Augustine of Hippo. He wrote, You are the body of Christ. In you and through you the work of the incarnation must go forward. You are to be taken. You are to be blessed, broken, and distributed that you may be the means of grace and the vehicles of eternal love. God sacrificed and the creation bloomed. Christ sacrificed and eternal life burst forth. Constance and Charles and so many others sacrificed and we are inspired. How will you sacrifice? For when you do, I know it will be wonderful. Amen.